0: it's Chris Freeland, and you're listening to the Doxology Bible Church Podcast. If you want to know more about who we are or learn to connect with us, please visit doxology.church. Most of all, we hope the following message will help you take the next step in your faith journey, whatever it is.
1: In scripture, it says that Stephen looked up to heaven and he saw God, and he saw Jesus standing next to his father, looking at him which was confirmation that in this moment, when Stephen is dying, he saw Jesus. And that was exactly what I needed to hear so that I could know that when whatever was happening to Molly, that she knew that he was with her and that in an instant from the moment she was alive to the moment she died, she was in the arms of Jesus. And and that's what I carried with me to help quiet the fears that would come up in my mind, she wasn't alone. He was with her in that moment, and she has been with him ever since that moment. Doxology Bible Church is proud to present EverStory, launching wherever you listen to podcasts on June 6th. Every story is a weekly, seasonal podcast featuring Christ-centered stories of hope and transformation told by people just like you. No chit-chat, just raw, powerful stories. Stories inspire us to connect with each other in real, tangible ways. With stories, we're able to glorify a God who relentlessly pursues us. Mark 16.15 tells us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Stories embody who we are as Christians. Without them, Paul's letters would have never been shared. Without stories, a person with Christ in their heart might never find the courage to bring the word to their neighbor. Without stories, the Great Commission never occurs. Check in with us often as we introduce stories about the way Jesus' radical love is moving in truly awesome ways. Find every story wherever you listen to podcasts. Also follow doxology bible church on facebook or instagram at doxology bible want to share your story or know someone who might send us an email to stories at doxology.church because everyone has a story
0: hey it's chris freeland and you're listening to the doxology bible church podcast if you want to know more about who we are or learn to connect with us, please visit doxology.church. Most of all, we hope the following message will help you take the next step in your faith journey, whatever it is. And I think one of the things that makes Christmas so magical is the looking forward to it. Is that right? Do we have any kids that are here tonight? You guys looking forward to anything tomorrow? Yeah, Christmas tomorrow. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe you might help me out just a little bit. Kids, let me talk to you for just a second. Is there anything that you're looking forward to specifically about Christmas Tomorrow. Now now think about it for just a second. Here's I'm gonna ask you at the same time I want you to tell me what it is, but I don't want you to just say presents, because everybody knows you want presents. I want you to tell me specifically what it is that tomorrow when you wake up and you walk in underneath the tree, what it is specifically that you're looking forward to tomorrow. Okay, you ready? On three. One, two, three. See you knew exactly what it was, didn't you? And the reason that you knew exactly what it was is because you've been looking forward to it for a really long time, haven't you? And not only have you been looking for even you working on your list. You made your list, and then you kept shopping, and you went back and made your list again, didn't you? And you've not just got one list, you've got lots of lists, because you know that there are some people in your life that you can put some things on a list for, and some people that you've got to put other things on the list for. I'll give you an example. There's some things that you can ask Santa Claus for that you can't ask Mom and Dad for. Is that Right? There's some stuff, come on, there's some stuff that you can ask grandma and grandpa for that you cannot ask mom and dad for. Is that right? And you know, so when you go looking forward to Christmas, when you start thinking about what it is that you're anticipating or expecting, there's some strategery in your list making. Isn't there? I mean, you figure out, you got a different lists, and you figure out how to rank everything and who to give what list to so that you make sure that when you wake up and you walk in and you look under the tree, that what you hoped, what you expected, what you anticipated is there. And part of the fun is in the looking forward to Christmas. But it's not just kids, it's not just presents. Adults do this too. Sometimes with presents, but also with other things. For some of us, we kind of grow out of the present thing, and we start looking forward, expecting, anticipating other things. For some of us, it's anticipating the family. The family is coming together. We're excited about that. We're looking forward to that. And the anticipation of it is part of what makes it awesome, part of what makes Christmas so magical, Or maybe it's the traditions and we love the traditions. We look forward to the traditions because every time we do the tradition, we get to think back in our past to Christmases that were really special for us. That's part of the magic is the remembering and the anticipation, the looking forward to Christmas. Some of it's food. There's something that we get to eat at Christmas that we don't get to eat at any other point of the year. And the anticipation, the looking forward for a lot of us is the very best thing about Christmas. But there is this one thing, and it doesn't happen every Christmas, it doesn't happen for every person, but it's happened for a lot of us at some point, at least one Christmas that's even better than looking forward to Christmas. There's this thing that happens every once in a while for some of us that's even better than the anticipation. You know what it is? It's the surprise that you get. When you walk into Christmas and realize that Christmas this year is even better than you anticipated, something happens, something shows up that you didn't even expect. You wouldn't have even thought to ask for, you wouldn't have ever dared to put on your list. It was so big and so great and so much better than you anticipated that it makes Christmas even better than the looking forward to Christmas. Does that happen to you? You walked in and you found something under the tree that wasn't on your list, but it was better than anything on your list. It wasn't something you asked for. It wasn't ever something that you even dared to dream you would have, but there it was under the tree for you at Christmas. Maybe someone came home for Christmas That you didn't think was going to be home for Christmas. That ever happened to you? You didn't think they were going to make it. And there they were. They show up. They knock on the door. And they arrive. That happened? That's the storyline for every single Folgers commercial that's ever been made. I just assume it's happened to somebody at some point. Does it happen to you? Maybe you didn't think you were going to have Christmas. That's what you were expecting. But then Christmas showed up. It was better than you anticipated. The Christmas Surprise. It doesn't happen for every person. It doesn't happen every Christmas. But it did happen for several people who found themselves a part of the very first Christmas. There were a group of shepherds who went to work one night expecting what they always expected. In fact, they went to work that night hoping for ordinary See, when you're a shepherd and you work at night, out of the ordinary is really, really bad. They had a really hard job, a dangerous job, lonely job. I don't know if you know this about them, but because of what they did, shepherds were ceremonial unclean. Because of who they were, they couldn't worship with normal people. They were outcasts. They were rejects. They were nobodies. They didn't fit in around most people. And whatever it was they anticipated, whatever it was they expected when they went to work that night, it certainly wasn't to hear from God. They knew enough to know that Messiah was coming. They'd heard stories undoubtedly growing up as kids. They'd heard about promises that God had made to their people. But when that happened, if that happened, it certainly wouldn't happen for them. That kind of thing happened for other people, religious people, certainly not shepherd people. Would have never crossed their mind they wouldn't have ever dared to dream that they could be a part of the story. But they got a surprise on the very first Christmas. And it's a surprise that was recorded in Scripture for all of us to see. It's found in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. It's a familiar passage. Listen to it again. Luke's writing, it says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Remember that. That's important to this story. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. To you, shepherds, he's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And all of the shepherds said, Us? They never would have expected it. They didn't dare anticipate it. They didn't dream he'd come for someone like them, even if he came for someone else. Whatever it was, they expected that night when the sun went down and they gathered their sheep for the night. This was way better than that. There's another guy in the same story, same chapter, who gets the same surprise. Fast forward just a couple of days, but only to the next scene in Luke's story, just a couple of verses down. Meet a man named Simeon. Here's his story. Starts in t- verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem. That was the place that the religious people lived. That was the center, the hotbed of religious activity. And this man is there. That's where he lives, not in the field. A man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous righteous and devout. You could translate that religious and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, As you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of, here's the word again, all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel." Luke tells us about Simeon. Simeon was a man who was righteous and devout, religious and good. A lot of times when we think about religious, we think of it as a bad thing. That's not the way Luke's talking about it. He doesn't mean it as a bad thing. What he's saying about Simeon is that Simeon is a whole lot like a whole lot of us. On a regular basis, as a sincere person, he's found around other religious good Righteous, devout people doing religious, good, righteous kind of things around other people in religious places at religious times. And he was sincere in it. and He did it a lot. That's who Simeon is. And yet he knew that something was missing. In all of his goodness... In all of his righteousness, in all of his religion, in all of his devoutness, there was something that Simeon was still waiting for. He was still anticipating, looking forward to Christmas. Who knows what he anticipated that morning when he woke up and went to the temple courts. But the moment Mary and Joseph placed that baby in his arms, he knew. When he met Jesus, he knew this is exactly who I have been waiting for. The missing puzzle piece to his goodness and his righteousness and his devoutness and his religiousness was placed literally in his lap here's the thing about this story see in a lot of ways those two characters they couldn't be any different the group of shepherds rough tumble rugged outsiders outcasts and religious righteous good Simeon? In some ways, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And yet, here they are, right next to each other in the Christmas story. Could there be a reason for that? Is it possible that Luke's trying to make a point here? I think he is, and I think it's this. The Christmas surprise is for everyone, no matter who you are. Maybe Luke's message is that the surprise of Christmas is for all people. And maybe Luke's message is that the surprise of Christmas is the exact Thing you were hoping for, the exact thing you were dreaming of, but didn't dare to ask for. You think about the message to the shepherds, the, the angel said to them, I bring you good news that brings great joy, and boy, some of us would like to be surprised by that this Christmas. Because the only kind of surprising news we've had this year is bad news. Bad news from the doctor, bad news from the school, (laughs) bad news on the news. We don't even anticipate good news anymore. We're just hoping that when we get surprised by the next news, it's just the kind of bad news, not the really bad news. But all we've learned to expect is bad news when we hear news. We didn't think to ask for good news. And yet on the very first Christmas, here are the angels with a Christmas surprise, saying the baby in the manger brings good news to a world filled with bad news. Some of us need to be surprised by peace. Despite what's happening in your marriage right now. Despite what's happening in your extended family right now. Despite what's happening at work right now. In your neighborhood right now. In your city right now. Despite what is happening all over the world right now. You need to be surprised by peace this Christmas. Peace isn't the absence of conflict. It's better than that. It's the presence of a world the way that God drew it up. And the angels announced to the shepherds. That kind of world, that kind of life is only possible through the one you're going to find in the manger. Some of us need to be surprised by a Savior. You never thought you could be whole. You never thought you could be clean. You never thought you could be free. You never thought you could be forgiven. You never thought you could be accepted. Not after who you are. Not after where you've been. Not after what you've done. If God was going to speak, if God was going to do something, if God was going to work, if God was going to show up, you'd be the last person that he'd show up for. And yet to the shepherds who must have felt those very same things, the angel said, surprise, unto you this day is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. By the way, shepherds, unclean, outcast, nobody rejects, he came to you First. Some of us have spent a life religious, good, righteous, devout, in some ways like Simeon. But unlike Simeon, we've never thought about the fact that something's missing. We thought religious and good and devout would be enough. And yet even hearing that and thinking that, somehow we realize deep inside of us it's not. It can't be. It never has been. We need something better than religion. We need something better than goodness. We need better than just our righteousness. We need a miracle. We need God to do something. The Christmas story to shepherds and to Simeon. Surprise. That very first Christmas, God did something better than you expected. Better than you anticipated. Better than you ever would have dreamed up. On that very first Christmas, God did something bigger and better than religion and devoutness and try harder and do better. God sent more than just a religious leader, He sent a Savior. By the end of Luke 2, you've got this whole chorus of people from all across the spectrum of humanity that all have the exact same response. From the unclean, outcast, reject shepherd to two teenage parents that are trying to figure out what all of this means to righteous, devout, religious man who's been waiting for the final piece to drop in place At the end of the chapter, every single one of them is believed. Every single one of them is worshiping. And every single one of them has taken the message to the other people that they know. Need a surprise. That Christmas morning. And for 2,000 years, their story has persevered. In part... In the hope that on this night, this Christmas, their Savior might surprise you. If this evening you find yourself feeling a lot like Shepherd, needing good news, needing peace, needing forgiveness, needing a Savior. And you know what? You've tried everything. You've been everywhere. You've tried to fix it and drink it and smoke it and friend it, and nothing's working. You're out of gas. You're out of options. I've got a really good Christmas surprise. I don't know why you thought you were coming tonight. I don't know why you thought what you thought you'd hear or what you thought you'd see, but the good news may surprise you, may be better than what you expected. And that's that Jesus came for people like you, First. And he wants to offer you life that's truly life as a gift that costs you nothing. And if you've never connected with Jesus, if you've never received the surprise, I want to give you the chance to receive the surprise in this moment at this time. Would you bow your head with me? If you realize you've never trusted Christ, the Christmas thing has been a religious ceremony. The story has been what you expected year after year after year after year. And maybe you find yourself like the shepherds, or maybe you find yourself like Simeon, but you realize that you've never been surprised by the message. And yet, something in this moment is surprising you. That surprise might be the really powerful tug of God on your heart saying, I pursued you from heaven to earth from 2,000 years ago to this Christmas so that you could hear this message. And if you'll trust me, if you'll believe that I am who I say I am and did what I said I would do, I will give you everlasting life as a gift. And if you don't have that gift, I want to invite you in this moment to pray a prayer quietly just between you and God right where you sit that may sound something like this prayer. Use your own words or repeat mine right where you sit in the privacy of your heart. It might sound something like this. God, I realize that good enough isn't good enough for you. I'm better than the people around me, but I'm not better than you. And if I want to know that I'm accepted by you, if I want to know that I'm forgiven by you, my only hope is that you would do something better than religion and better than me trying harder to find a solution someplace else. And if it's true that you came to earth to die on a cross, to pay the penalty that I owed you, and that you rose from the dead to give me life, I'll take that as a gift. And I'm trusting in you this morning that just like your promises of Christmas were true for years and years and years before it came, that your promise for all of eternity to me will hold true forever and ever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Doxology Bible Church podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. If you're ever in the Fort Worth area, we'd love to worship with you in person at one of our services. For more information on service times and location, visit doxology.church.